0: You are Locked On Titans, your daily Tennessee Titans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to the Locked On Titans podcast. I am your host, Tyler Rowland. Titans fans, this Wednesday edition of the Locked On Titans podcast is presented by the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. Winning your league starts with the right data. That's why Vinny Iyer of the Sporting News provides you the edge that you need to win your fantasy football leagues. Locked On Fantasy Football is a daily podcast all year round, so your fantasy team never fails. Make sure that you subscribe to the Locked On Fantasy Football podcast. On whatever platform you do stream. We are going to continue the 2021 Locked on Titans AFC South Division Preview today. On Monday, we talked about the Indianapolis Colts, the longtime rival and nightmare for the Tennessee Titans. But today... We are flipping that on its head, and we are going to talk about the division's little brother, and that is the Jacksonville Jaguars. The nightmare of the Jaguars is the Tennessee Titans, so a complete reversal here, but we are going to do the same thing we did for the Colts with the Jags. We are first going to dive into everything that they have done throughout the offseason, and it has been a big offseason full of change For Jacksonville. So we're going to talk about all of that and kind of set the stage of where the Jags franchise and football team are right now. And then we are going to do a depth chart review. Take a look at the offense and the defense for the Jaguars and determine where we see areas of strength and of course where we see areas of weakness and then a little bit of a switch up from what we did with the Colts for our final segment I'm going to bring in the local expert from the Locked On Jaguars podcast one of my favorite guys at the Locked On Podcast Network Tony Wiggins and he is going to give us his outlook on the Jacksonville Jaguars, what the best case scenario is, what the worst case scenario is, and then the most realistic outcome of the season for this Jacksonville football team. So we are going to dive into everything Jacksonville Jaguars on this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. Let's get it! Fans, we are going to continue the 2021 locked on Titans AFC South Division rival preview with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Going to go over everything that they did throughout the offseason to reshape that organization. Before we dive into that, gotta remind you guys that the Locked on Titans podcast will be back to five episodes per week starting next Monday. So on Friday we will break down the Houston Texans and then next week we are very, very close to training camp. Gonna start getting into some training camp preview information. Go throughout the roster. Look at some of the biggest question marks the Titans have. I say all that to say this make sure that you never miss an episode of the locked on titans podcast the number one tennessee titans podcast in the world by subscribing to or following the show on whatever platform you do stream also check me out on twitter at tic tac titans on facebook at locked on titans pod but first and foremost with the jags After last season, they secured the number one pick. They were the worst team in the NFL. They fire their coach, Doug Marone. They fire their longtime general manager, Dave Caldwell. And in their spot, they hire from the college ranks urban meyer a very decorated and successful college coach bring him on to hopefully revamp the program they elevate trent bulky to general manager who was already in the organization remember bulky cut his teeth as the general manager of the super bowl san francisco 49ers when they made their appearance uh what feels like a lot longer ago then it, or flip that, it seems like it was a lot more recent than it actually is in the early 2010s when San Francisco had that good five-year stretch with Alex Smith and Colin Kaepernick. So Trent Baalke in, Urban Meyer in, Marone and Caldwell out. And that was just the beginning of changing the franchise The Jaguars franchise tag left tackle Cam Robinson. Pretty questionable move in my opinion, but it's going to be harder to find a left tackle. Who's better than Cam Robinson out on the market for a reasonable price? They also brought in running back Carlos Hyde. They brought in wide receiver Marvin Jones. They brought in cornerback Shaquille Griffin, cornerback Sidney Jones, safety Rashawn Jenkins, defensive lineman Roy Robertson-Harris. So they did bring in some talented veterans to the squad and then The draft. They did have a very good draft. Trevor Lawrence with the number one pick. That's a home run right there. Travis Etienne, the running back, Trevor Lawrence's battery mate in the backfield from college. Makes sense to put those two together. Tyson Campbell, at cornerback from Georgia Walker Little, the tackle from Stanford. Andre Cisco the safety from Syracuse. Jay Tefele, the defensive lineman from UFC, uh, USC. I also like some of their late round picks. Jordan Smith, the edge rusher from UAB. Luke Farrell, the tight end from Ohio State. So I like what they did in the draft as well. I like the free agent acquisitions that they made. But the Jaguars all season was not without some turmoil which as a guy who follows the Ohio State Buckeyes you should get used to with Urban Meyer there seems to be some sort of some sort of issue anywhere he goes some sort of controversy controversy and it happened very quickly in Jacksonville when Urban Meyer hired Chris Doyle the infamous strength and conditioning coach who came previously from the Iowa Hawkeyes football program, he was accused of making racial slurs to the players, just abusive behavior above and beyond what would be expected from a college program. It led to his ousting at Iowa, and within two days of being hired, it led to his ousting as the strength and conditioning coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. So a big mistake from Urban Meyer early on, thinking that that old boys club that he's used to in college where he can get away with anything, thinking, that he had that same setup and that's just not the case in the NFL then he brings on tight end Tim Tebow and I loved Tim Tebow as a player in his first stint in the NFL but the reality is that's a clear nepotism move just trying to give somebody who he likes an opportunity above somebody who probably worked harder for that opportunity so a little bit of controversy there as well and then just recently Urban Meyer was fined the heaviest fine of the offseason, $100,000 by the NFL for illegal activities during organized team activities for the Jags earlier in the offseason. So, a terrible hire, a nepotism add on the roster, a fine for improper activities during early practices, involuntary workouts. Sounds like Urban Meyer. That's the Urban Meyer experience, and with some further context we get later in the episode from the local expert, Urban Meyer had some issues signing free agents as well, thinking that his pitch about culture and uh, about relationships was going to matter more to players than the money. It's obvious Urban Meyer's got some growing up to do, at least when it comes to being an NFL head coach, and I wonder how much that'll set the organization back when it seems like they've made some good personnel moves at minimum, but that's kind of a recap of what the Jags have done so far throughout the all season. They have totally flipped their team, revamped their culture. We'll see if the Urban Meyer experience will turn out to be fruitful for the Jags or just another episode in the cycle of failure for the Jags but we are going to talk about that roster that they have assembled in our next segment when we do a depth chart review going to look at the offense and the defense as well before we get into that do want to remind you guys about betonline.ag the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action football season may not be here yet but baseball is in full swing the NBA is in the finals there's a ton of good UFC and boxing action throughout the summer as well. Make sure before the next pitch, you head over to betonline.ag. You can use your laptop or your mobile device. Sign up for free at betonline.ag and use the promo code LOCKED ON. That's one word, LOCKED ON. You'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you do make your first deposit. So make sure. That you go to betonline.ag today. Again, use that promo code LOCKED ON for a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, your online sportsbook experts. We are going to continue our 2021 Jacksonville Jaguars season preview as we preview all of the Titans AFC South division rivals. Remember Monday we started with the Indianapolis Colts, today the Jags, on Friday the Houston Texans. And at the end of the show, I am going to bring on the local expert, my guy Tony Wiggins from Locked On Jags. And he's going to give you a little bit of his perspective as well. Try to keep things fair here. If I just talk about what I think these division rivals are going to do the entire time, then, you know, maybe that might end up not being the most accurate and fair assessment. Somebody on the ground is going to kind of balance out what I see from the team. But speaking of what I see, I see a lot of things. On the Jags depth chart that, quite frankly, I wouldn't be too worried about if I was a Jacksonville fan. I think the roster is a little bit better than people are giving them credit for. So let's dive right into the offensive side of the ball. First and foremost, I like the three quarterbacks that the Jags have. Of course, Trevor Lawrence should have been the number one pick. Looks like he could be a generational talent. But Garner Minshew has to be the best backup in the NFL at this moment in time. In my opinion, at least, he's definitely in the top five. And then C.J. Beathard is the third quarterback for the Jacks. I wanted C.J. Beathard as the backup quarterback for the Titans. So being the third string on Jacksonville, that's a solid group. If Trevor Lawrence were to get hurt, Garner Minshew could most certainly keep the boat afloat for a few weeks if the Jacks, for some reason, were in a competitive place. Now, the running back position... Even better. I like James Robinson. He was the third leading rusher in the league last year. Travis Etienne was one of the best running backs in the NFL. He's been getting a lot of work at wide receiver. I would imagine that Urban Meyer will try to use him in a gadget way like he did Percy Harvin, Paris Campbell at Ohio State, Curtis Samuel at Ohio State as well. That's how he likes to run his offense. And then they also signed Carlos Hyde, as I mentioned earlier. Just a really reliable veteran. Nothing special there. But that's a solid group of running backs, then you look at the offensive line, and Tony Wiggins is going to come on a little later and pour some water on this. But I like the Jaguars' offensive line. I said that all year last year during the regular season. I think that Cam Robinson, while not being a stellar left t- left tackle, is a solid left tackle. Jawan Taylor on the right side is actually a pretty good right tackle. AJ Can at right guard serviceable, but Brandon Linder and Andrew Norwell at center and left guard respectively, I think those are both very good players. So, you don't have the third leading rusher in the NFL while also being a terrible team unless you have a good offensive line. That's the only way. I'm not saying they're great, but that's a good offensive line and somewhere you could start from. The pass catchers for the Jags, not terrible whatsoever. You got DJ Chark, Marvin Jones, Leviska Chenault, I think those are a solid threesome. Now, it's not going to win you any awards. That's not the top threesome in the league, and the Titans' threesome is definitely better. But I would take that threesome of wide receivers over what the Colts have, over Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, and T.Y. Hilton. I would rather have the Jags group. I would rather have the Jags group than what the Texans have, Brandon Cooks, and nobody else. So, to me, that's a solid group. That's a solid group. So a really solid personnel group on the offense for the Jags. And that's why I think this team can ultimately win more games than most people are expecting. The offense can be solid. They also have some talent on the defensive side of the ball. I think they have a solid group on the defensive line, at least on the edges. You have Caleb on chase on. You have Josh Allen, and I'm really high on Josh Allen as a player. They brought in Jihad Ward. They brought in Dwayne Smoot, who are solid veteran guys who can back you up. They brought in Roy Robertson-Harris. Now, I think they're a little thin on the interior. You have Taven Bryan, who hasn't really panned out after being drafted in 2018 in the first round. Devon Hamilton, nothing special there. Malcolm Brown, again, nothing special there. They drafted Jay Tefele out of USC, but is he going to be ready to go early on? Who knows? So, not too high on the defensive line, but I do like some of the pieces they have on the edge. At linebacker, Miles Jack is is a very good player. Joe Schobert is okay, but Leon Jacobs, Damian Wilson, I I don't really see a lot of talent or a lot of depth at the linebacker position for the Jags, and then you go to their secondary, some names that look good, but playing in Jacksonville, can that translate? Shaquille Griffin played pretty well in Seattle, but is he going to be able to do that in the system in Jacksonville? I don't know about that. The safeties are awful. Rudy Ford, Andrew Wingard, they drafted out Andre Cisco out of Syracuse, but how early is he going to be ready to contribute? Now, I do like C.J. Henderson as their young cornerback. Uh, Tyson Campbell, the new draft pick, I think could be solid, but that's a lot of youth that you're relying on at cornerback with C.J. Henderson and Tyson Campbell. Can you really count on Trey Herndon? I don't know. So with the poor safety group, The youth at cornerback, I think that's really a spot where this Jags team can falter, and that's in the back seven with their linebackers and their secondary. It can cause the defense to not really play up to snuff with what the offense is doing. So while I think the Jags could be better than a lot of the national pundits think, I still think they have enough flaws and enough warts in the roster right now where they won't be competing for a playoff spot. I will say this now, I ultimately do think the Jags could end up around 6-11, and 7-10, and, and I know a lot of you guys probably think that's crazy, but that's where I think things could land. I think they will be a better team than most people expect while still not being a playoff caliber team, but does that make sense? To the local expert, to the host of Locked On Jags, we are going to find out. I'm going to bring on Tony Wiggins, my OG, and talk to him about what he thinks could happen in this 2021 Jacksonville Jaguar season. Before we get into that, do want to remind you guys about the best tasting protein bars in the galaxy. And that's from our friends over at BuiltBar.com. They have nine delicious flavors on the website. All the bars are covered in 100% chocolate. They're absolutely delicious, but they're not just delicious. They're healthy for you as well. They're low calorie, low sugar, high protein, high fiber, everything you need in a healthy meal replacement or a guilt-free snack, and Built Bar is the official protein bar of the United States track and field team, and that is pretty sweet. So make sure you go to builtbar.com. use promo code LOCKED15, that's LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. Once again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. We are going to wrap up this Wednesday edition of the Locked on Titans podcast. We're doing our Jacksonville Jaguars season preview for the 2021 season. We just looked at all their off-season moves, a big offseason for the Jags. Went, a, went ahead and took a look at the depth chart as well. But now we are going to bring on the local expert, the OG, one of the earliest uh earliest people who uh, took me under their wing at the locked on podcast network forever. Grateful for another appearance from Tony Wiggins, uh, the big dog down in Jacksonville. How are you feeling, man? An exciting all season for the Jags and uh, excited to talk some ball with you.
1: Well, I'm good, man. And I th- thank you for those kind words. And uh, cause I actually can say the same thing about you. Likewise, we've always had a good rapport with each other, even, though our fan bases kind of want to strangle each other all the time. So, yeah, we're doing good, man. It's been a different offseason, and uh, we're, I think the fans are really, really excited about what might happen.
0: Yeah, I, honestly, I, just based on my conversations with just people in my life, people I see online, I'm a little bit higher on Jacksonville than a lot of people are. I think that maybe they can do a little bit better than some people are expecting. I like kind of the, uh, the bones of the house to make an analogy there of what Jacksonville had on the defensive line on the offensive line. So obviously improvements need to be made, but uh, going into that couple questions for you, three questions. The first one, what do you think is the best possible outcome for the Jags this year? Do you think that they could make a playoff run in the rookie season for uh urban Meyer and Trevor Lawrence? Do you think that's the height or a little bit below that?
1: Well, I'm glad you framed it that way because I always want to leave room and leave it open ended, especially for the fan base. So if you say what's the best case scenario, I say they win the title. But realistically, historically, rookie quarterbacks don't win Super Bowl. Right. right. So uh, the thing is, is, though, for me, what I think would be considered success is uh, the highest point would be making a playoff run and letting the world know with the way that they play and how they do it. That they're mm-hmm. here to stay. That would be that it's not a flash in the pan like 2017. Right. That would be that would be what you hire Urban Meyer for. You hire him for stability and you hire him to permanently change the course of your franchise. Um, they could still get that done without making the playoffs. They could be promising, sort of the way Brian Flores has the dolphins right now, yes. where you think they're coming to they think they're on the uptick. But mm-hmm. but I think what I'm really talking about them doing is being that. That team that everyone goes, you ain't gonna want to see them. You remember the Seattle team that went like six, eight, and one or whatever, and yeah. then they got in the playoffs and they steamrolled. You knew after that year when they beat when Marshawn ran down the field on the Saints, you yeah. knew, you knew what was going to happen. You said, right. "Uh oh, this is going to be a five year headache for somebody." Yeah. So that that's kind of what we want to happen, and I, and I think there's a possibility that it could.
0: Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think that's out of the question at all. Like I said, I'm a little bit higher on what the Jags could do this year than most people seem to be. On the flip side of that, though, not to scare anybody, I'm trying to get the Titans fans listening excited here. What what would you say is the worst-case scenario for the Jags if they had kind of a nightmare season? Well, I'll give you some examples of the off
1: season that could carry into the regular season. Now, it's been a sure. good offseason, so don't get me wrong. Right. But – Urban's made a couple of hires that he's had to backtrack from or guys that never even, they didn't stay on the coaching staff or whatever. Right. Right. And then in in the strength and conditioning department. And then he also made a misstep thinking that he could just be urban Meyer and recruit his players and sell his players through a message in free agency, his former players from Ohio state and guys that he knew, well, these guys have agents and you're not going to get to talk to them and, they're gonna to want to get paid. They feel like you don't have to sell them on anything. What you do is you go look at their film and then you whip out your checkbook. That's what that's all they that's yep. what they want. This is not these are, these are no longer the 17, 18-year-old kids that you recruited. And he's he he said it after the first day of free agency. That didn't work. And you saw some guys that he thought he could talk to them about coming into the program, but the money wasn't what they wanted. So yeah. they was like, Nope, we ain't doing it. And <laughs> right. he had to he learned something. And what he learned was. You're not going to reinvent the wheel like that. This is a whole mm-hmm. different animal. It's a, it's about money and it's about paying me for what you've seen that I've done. Yep. You're not going to be able to tell me and make promises. That doesn't happen. So now let me carry that into the year. If he thinks and believes that he's doing or has done something that has never been done or tried in the NFL before and his Urban mile way is going to work, like they believe that they are head and shoulders above anybody else in strength and performance, and they might be, but if that doesn't translate to things that happen on the field, then he's going to be here for a rude awakening because right. we all know in the NFL, it's about two things. One, you have to have talent. And then the other thing is you have to not be able to beat yourself. I think he's the kind of coach that can make a team not beat themselves with mistakes because he's he's so into attention to detail, right. but it's yet to be seen whether he has the same talent, because I guarantee you, Andy Reid also believes that his teams won't beat, beat themselves <laughs> too. So, it, maybe he overestimates a little bit of the willpower that he could have over the players because it's mm-hmm. a different game than college. The only thing that could set him back is if he emphasizes that stuff too much and it's not enough to get them beyond uh, uh, what they've normally done.
0: Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you were saying with the first question. Urban Meyer was brought in to be a culture builder. And if he if he's too lenient on that culture stuff and not diving enough into the X's and O's and all the things that need to go into the game plan there from an NFL perspective, I could see that having a a negative impact and then kind of resetting what the expectations are for that five year window. But with the with the worst case scenario, the best case scenario out of the way, what are you realistically expecting from your Jags this season?
1: Something in between of what we just described. Right, always what and w- and, w- and what that is, is maybe they get off to a hot start because teams don't know or understand what to expect from them. Mm-hmm. I think the areas where they'll play well, they have good running backs, they have a decent offensive line. I yeah. think they believe their offensive line is better than I think it is, but that's been going on for years. Right. So, you know, I have to give them the benefit of the doubt with that. I think they have playmakers at receiver. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be competitive in a lot of games. Here's the thing, though. They have to find an identity. And right now, this is a team that appears to be built on winning by committee or just figuring out who's hot this week and going with it, whereas opposed to your team, you automatically know they're going to win with Derrick Henry and those two receivers. That's it. Right. Right. So they don't necessarily have the bell cow alpha that you're going to depend on. I think what they're going to come out and do is pitch it around and see who's hot and and see what's working that week. And their ability to move on the fly like that is probably going to be the difference th- between them going seven and 10 or 10 and seven.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree. I could see them definitely in that range. That's actually what I've been arguing is that I think the Jags will go about 7-10 and 10 this year. I don't think there'll be, you know, two wins, three wins, four wins. So I'm kind of with you there in that in that middle range. I think they will be a competitive team. But, uh, Tony, thank you so much for coming on and, and talking to us here. I, I, I couldn't wait to make it to the regular season, so I had to bring you on a little bit early. Of course, you can find all of Tony's work uh, on the Locked On Jaguars podcast, also follow him on twitter at shop talk and wig and if you're ever in the jacksonville area you better schedule in advance but make sure you uh check out the best barber in the city as well a lot of multi-talented people here in the afc south thank you uh thank you so much for coming on tony i can't wait to talk to you again in the regular season
1: thank you and uh we'll, we'll be you'll be returning this favor within the next week or so you better <laughs> believe that tyler good Absolutely. to hear from you man it, and keep killing it on the culinary. I see you cooking, man. You sending me pictures of your work. I, I I appreciate that.
0: Hey, like I said, some multi-talented people here in the AFC <laughs> South, me included. Thank you, but uh yeah, look forward to joining you on your podcast uh very soon. Okay, folks. That was an awesome conversation between me and Tony Wiggins of Locked On Jags. Very excited to talk to him again during the regular season. We will be back With the Locked on Titans podcast on Friday where I'll be breaking down the final team in the AFC South, the Houston Texans. So, hope to have you back for that. That's going to do it for me today, folks. As always, I am your host, Tyler Rowland, and this was Locked on Titans.